Does the addict deserve a voice? We're so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive in your relationship. Guys, welcome to the Betrayed, the Addicted, and the Expert, a Beyond Enough production. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. And he's definitely an expert. You've been working to help couples with their extreme challenges for like 15 years, right? Yeah, a long time. And I'm glad that I'm here with you guys sharing your vulnerable story. And I hope that it helps our listeners as well. Absolutely. And if you need some help getting started, we have a free resource over at beyond-enough.com forward slash step one. And that's one, the number. It provides the first key steps to healing your relationship, regardless of how tough things are right now. All right, guys, let's roll. All right, uh, great question, Kobe. Uh, before we answer that question, uh, we have a review here. It says, Seeking Hope. I highly recommend this podcast for anyone seeking hope and struggling with the pain of betrayal and the shame and sense of loss when facing addiction, and not only sexual addiction, simply by showing up each week um, Kobe and Ashlyn live by example the path to emerging from the desolate shame of broken relationship to the hope of something new and better. Their open and vulnerable conversations have not n- normalized betrayal and it have normalized bet- oh have not normalized betrayal and addiction for me, but rather have made it believable that there is a path back. They have provided tools, real and useful tools, to take care of my own stuff, clean up my side of the street, so to speak. They also have provided me a sense of not being alone. I am so grateful. Well, thank you. I like that, the belief that there is something more. So it's definitely a part of the process, right, Brandon? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's all about hope. Once you believe it, you hope it, you can start to see it. So good stuff. All right. Um, I think the topic that we have for today is 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 actually a very, very, very important and also tricky and a little bit misunderstood. And so whatever we say today, I would say, listen to the end because um, I think it's important to understand um, this topic in full context. So, um, you know, the question that Kobe said is, does the addict deserve a voice? Um, I would say that not only does the addict deserve a voice, um, it is imperative and essential to healing um, for him and for the relationship for him to have a voice. Uh, What do you guys think? Um, I 100% agree. And yet this was not something I think either of us maybe asked specifically. Um, It was more like we were maybe asking or seeking this, the not symptoms, but we wanted, we wanted each other to show up different. And this happened to be one of the ways that that allowed that to happen. So whether, um, I know sometimes people get hung up on labels, so you may not be the addict or you may not be a guy. So listen with your heart open, hear what, what fits your story and throw out the rest, um, and stick with us. Like Brandon said, I think that this is. Um, I think what's important to to take a step back and and to and to frame as context for this episode, Brandon is. I'm certain. In fact, I know that I had uh, a long season of life where I didn't 
think that I had a voice and that my voice didn't count. And to sum it up, it's like, who am I? What leg do I have to stand on? You know, I'm that guy. So why am I really going to pipe up with, you know, think like with, with my opinion or to push back on things or to represent what I think when I'm the one who's destroyed that. That was the context that I had for years before we started recovery and certainly for a long time into recovery. But what was, what was your, did you have anything along the same vein, Ashlyn of like, who are you? Oh yeah. Well, especially in those beginnings when you're, you're afraid to show any sort of healing or feeling better because you're afraid your partner who has betrayed and hurt you will think that you're okay. And so for me to, as much as I wanted Kobe to have his own voice and to really figure out who he is so that he could fix and figure out what those roots are that were causing him to act out in the way he did. It was also scary of like, no, don't do that because it's changing the dance. And I actually don't know that dance and, and neither do you. So we were, we were fumbling and it was messy and, um, now these weren't conscious thoughts that we were thinking. No, this is what was really kind of going on under the surface for both of us because I didn't know how to have a voice like at all. That wasn't modeled to me. My dad was, was very passive. We'll call it. And my mom ran the show. And so I always saw really an emasculated man as a partner, like a father figure in our house was, unless he was totally losing his mind angry, then in which case my mom would, you know, would, you know, gear down and let him, you know, speak his piece, et cetera. So that's the context I think that we had going into it. Is that normal, Brandon? Is that abnormal? Yeah. So it's, it's so, I, I see, I see things go in two different directions. So when, when discovery happens, uh, you know, between in the relationship, um, the, the betrayer just, feels like they're unworthy of love that they're bad um they're out of control they're compulsive they're they they feel like they're disgusting horrible perverted monsters um who who don't really deserve to be to be seen or heard and so it goes it goes two different directions one they show up in pride and force of I'm going to not attach to you because I'm, I'm going to be big and mean and verbally abusive and, and just, just force you into loving me. Or they show up in another form of weakness, which is compliance, which is I'm going to not know who I am at all. I don't trust myself. Um, you're going to tell me who I am and who I need to be and how I need to be um, so that, so that, so that you'll love me so that I'll be lovable. So I won't show up authentic. I won't show up as me, but I'll show up as avoiding any conflict and avoiding any, any problems so that you do love me. Brandon, can I ask a fault to that though? Does that include, um, the, the addict saying, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to push back or stand up for what I, for, I think I'm just going to do what I'm told. I'm going to be in compliance both to their partner, but also to their therapist. Yeah. To, to church leaders, to therapists, to, to everybody to, to just like show up and and do what, what you're told to do. Um, interesting. And there's a big, big problem with this. 
huge problem. It's scary. It's very, from my opinion, like very, very scary. You mean to be honest? No. Well, that's scary too, especially when you've never been, but it's to, it's, it's to be like, what's really scary to me is like, okay, we have a person who is complying, but we've got no idea what they're actually thinking. And that's scary. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. Here's, here's the, like, I'm passionate about this and here's why, because it, it, it cuts to the very core of what recovery is. Okay. Mm. Um, if the, the, the problem with addiction is not the acting out, it's not the masturbating or going to strip clubs or whatever you're doing. Right. The problem with, with addiction is that you've lost a sense of self. You don't know who you are. You don't trust yourself. You don't love yourself. You don't know that you're a powerful person um, who's absolutely worthy of love, who is unconditionally loved. You, you've lost that. You've lost that. So when, when discovery happens or it starts to come to light, if you're told that you suck and you should shut up, just shut up. You suck. You're horrible. Shut up and comply. Shut up and comply. We're feeding that very narrative that got you there in the first place. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Um, now, here's the other side to the coin. And Ashley, I want you to kind of speak to this. You already kind of did. You've been in this relationship with this person who has manipulated you, has omitted things, has lied. Then all of a sudden, you're supposed to listen to their voice. You're supposed to, like, you know, want to empower them to, to, to speak up and to have conflict with you and to be boundaried and all these things. No, thank you. Right. right? <laughs> I'd rather kind of just take this over on my own. Yeah. And, and if he's showing up weak and compliant and all these things, I can control him. That's nice because then I don't have to like actually like listen to him and, and try to trust him again. Is that, is that? Yeah. No, yeah. And I think we, that's how we started out and it doesn't, I mean, if you're in that right now that you can't get out of that, um, little dance, um, but I know that, you know, in your head, life was so out of control, yeah. not even in my head. It really was out of control. Right. And so when we start to find like, okay, I have some ground, we're going to, we're going to do this thing called recovery and go to therapy and I'm going to go to group and do these things. It felt easier to say, these are the things we're doing. And here's a little bit of control here and, um, hop on board, hop on board, buddy. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. And the compliance part, I think was absolutely part of our story. Um, so there's, I mean, you can have shame in that or you can't, but like we moved on from it. So there's no shame in that was part of how we did this. Um, which, which Ashton is the, is, is the totally normal response and reaction. Most couples go through something like that Yeah. where, and, and, and where it's like the spouse becomes, God in a yeah. lot of ways. You dictate my worth. I want to please you. You tell me what to do. And yeah. yeah. Well, and Kobe, you would say like my okayness was dependent upon Ashlyn or God. Like I was almost one in the same. Totally. Yeah. Which I didn't understand that, but you know, I do now. Um I it was hard, Brandon. I think for me, it, he would show up in those moments of having a voice. Little things like I was a name caller and when I would name call and he started to push back on that, you can be mad, but that is not okay. It's mm. not okay to call me names or it's not okay to whatever. 
it was like you're a name caller huh Ashley? it was really yeah interesting yeah it's yeah. it's uh but let me finish real quick. Yeah, so I would, I would show up in that space. And as much as I wanted to, I myself didn't want to be a name caller, but I had done it. And so I had right. like, I was embarrassed and ashamed. Right. And then he calls me out on it and saying, that's not okay anymore. I'm not going to stand for that. It was like, yay. He like knows yes. who he is and he's standing up for himself. But also at the same time, like, how dare you? Yes. How dare you tell yes. me? that I'm a bad person for this little thing when you've done these big things. So as long as I could reality check and stay out of the comparison and just say like, I'm going to zoom out. And the, the zoom out version for me was I'm, I'm here because I love Kobe and there's yeah. more good in Kobe than bad. And if I'm willing to, you know, like at our review, like stay in my, my own side of the street and do clean up my own stuff and he does the same and we end up at the same place. That's great. And so I'm going to try to give him some, a little bit of benefit of the doubt, um, step into a little bit of that. Like I'm going to test this out and it's probably going to be messy and it might even hurt, but I'm going to test it. Cause I didn't want to have regrets and go back and say, I was just mean and, and he hurt me. And so I deserved right. to show up the way I did. Um, right. I really just either way wanted to say, I did my best and I still failed and didn't, I still, we still hurt each other's feelings and say things wrong, but we keep trying. We're good at right. trying. Right. <laughs> right. Um, Kobe, you said something earlier about your dad and you, you use that word emasculated. Um, I, I really do think this, this whole topic, um, is about masculinity and, and healthy masculinity. And I think, I actually love the story you just told Ashlyn because Kobe, when, when he, when you're calling him names and he steps into that's, I'm sorry, but that's not who I am. And that doesn't work for me. Um, he's actually stepping into some strength and mm -hmm. when, you know, when an addict or a betrayer has a voice, um, what we're not saying is that they go, you know, from being this compliant, um, doormat, to this pompous jerk who doesn't care about what you think because I'm gonna tell you what is. Um, stepping into your strength, stepping into healthy masculinity is knowing where your partner stops and you begin, loving your partner, having empathy for your partner, really caring deeply about their feelings and, and empathizing with them and listening to them, but also being able to be boundaried and be able to, to to say, no, that does, that's not who I am, or no, that doesn't work for me. Um, so, so an addict with a voice is a person with a lot of strength and a lot of love toward their partner. It's a person who can create safety. Now, I, I, I want to tell you guys two different scenarios really quick. I heard this this morning, and then I heard another one on Friday. This, this uh, wife said, yeah, my husband's just doing, he's different now because he's doing everything that you're telling him. So I was like, okay, what's he doing? Well, he's just like trying to dig down to my feelings and blah, blah, blah. And just being, but it just, blah, feels, blah, blah. It just feels fake, you know? And I was like, okay. You're like, so he's, he's being Mr. Nice guy. And then this morning I met with this woman. She's like, yeah, my husband, he's just, he's just doing everything you're telling him to do. And I was like, well, what's he, what's he doing? Um, well, he's just saying, this is my truth. Get over it. This is how it is. And he doesn't care at all about my feelings. So there's a big difference here. 
Yeah. What, what am I really saying? Kobe, what am I really <laughs> saying? Help, help these guys out. Like, what am I really saying? Here? We're, we're <clears throat> the swing to, uh, this is who I am. So just deal with it. That would be an example of a swing from codependence to independence. Yes. Where I'm going to do me because I'm tired of having you do me. And I'm going to do me now. And I'm going to separate myself from the emotions that you feel, your thoughts, um, your perspective. And I'm just going to go over here. And, and really, I'm okay just doing me because I don't care about where you are anymore and what your thoughts yeah. are about me. Yeah. Which, which is, which is um, equal parts unhealthy from the other side of the spectrum. Well, yes. it almost feels like when we have done that, Kobe and I both swung on that pendulum, you know, back and forth. Many times, <laughs> like it was a park swing. <laughs> yes, but it feels like you go from selfishness, right? From this like addictive or whatever behavior selfish to over here again to selfish, um, to this like, I don't care about our partnership or what agreements or how you feel. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just going to focus on my side. And it's kind of this hard message because we do say a lot here on the podcast, do your own work, stay in your own lane, but it isn't to the point of be cold and be, you know, unkind and disconnected in those things. It's, it's the, it's not as cut and dry as, as we make that sound. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was talking to my group recently and, and a couple of guys were kind of like, they're kind of, rolling their eyes because I, they're like, yeah, well, there's, there's that, you know, Brandon's empathy thing. And they're kind of talking that way. And I was like, no. Uh, and I stopped. I was like, no, like I'm actually serious. Empathy is, is so important, but in order to empathize with somebody, you really have to be, be able to be present with them. And when I speak my truth, um, if I only just speak my truth with no feeling, I'm just logical, not, I am not a healthily attached person. Not. I can't create intimacy that way. If 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 I if I only try to comply and be empathetic and never speak my truth, then I can't create intimacy that way. So there's a, an equation here that speaking my truth and caring and having empathy, those two things together on both sides, both partners that's what creates intimacy. That yeah. That's what gives intimacy a chance. Well, and, you know, we talk about energy, Brandon, you're great about bringing that up and how it shifts and feels different. That was definitely something I noticed in this dynamic as Kobe, you know, started to find his voice and he's done it throughout the years in different arenas. Right. And mm -hmm. so sometimes it's been a lot easier for him to share, but also with empathy and love. And other times it has been the like, guns blazing. This is who I am. Right. Don't care about you. And right. that's, it's messy and it's hard. Um, but we've always been able to find our way back because I think it's for, for me, like I said, in the beginning, it's that zooming out, we're in a partnership. And if we really are doing this alongside each other, which I know not all of us have, um, it is like, you have to include that other person in, finding that part of yourself. This is who I am. And I want to, I want to share it with you. Absolutely. And I can do it in a way that doesn't push you away, but it, I can also acknowledge, I don't know how to do it. I'm, I'm doing it messy and I'm figuring it out. And, you know, I was 40 years old before I started to really, really dig and say, this is who I am. Like, these are my core values. Yes. 
and it really has pushed me to to figure those things out. And yes, recovery along the way has, has been able to, to push those things out of me. And I would say the same for you, Kobe. It's like every year we find little more, little parts of us that, that haven't had that voice that haven't been there. Right. So it's not this, like, just show up with this one time and find your truth and who you are. Yeah. And it can change. You can change your mind and you can say, Oh my gosh, like that was who I was a year ago, but Kobe and I aren't the same people we were a month ago. Right. And that's the part part of the process is you just keep growing and figuring out more about your own self and what works and what no longer works. Right. I I think it's the best. Sorry, Brendan. I'm just going to throw this in there real quick. I have have a question for you after you say this. Okay. So I I, I just want to make the statement that it's really, really imperative for the person who has betrayed to hear what I'm about to say. The best way for you to develop intimacy with your partner is to first know who you are so they can know who you are. Yes. And that is scary, scary, because I always used um, God and church to tell me who I am. I used the notion of parents, of coaches, of professors in times of bosses. Work. Work. To tell me who I was or to tell me how good I was or what, well, how good I was based upon how I could comply. But I really didn't understand that I had to know myself, that I had to um, accept who I was in order for Ashland to fully accept who I was. And that's not, that's not a done deal for us. Like we're still in this process of, of um, unraveling, you know, the, the early childhood wounds and such. But in order for Ashlyn, for you to love me most, you have to know who I am, which means I've got to be vulnerable enough to say, okay, this, this is me. Well, Kobe, I, I want to say sex addiction is an interesting thing because, um, you know, you think about it. Why is, why is somebody drawn to, to sex as their addiction? Why is that their their thing of choice. Um, if you stop and pause and you think about that, well, addiction, we know it, it fills a void. Um, addiction, they say, is somebody's attempt to find God. And so if addiction is somebody's attempt to find God, then why, you know, let's take a man. Let's say, why is this man caught up in sex addiction? Well, the fact of the matter is, is the, the, the acceptance of a woman, the, 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 you know, the acceptance of that to that man is so powerful and amazing. He's sexualized his shame, right? So, so it's so powerful and amazing that, uh, that the addiction itself is trying to get this acceptance through sex, through femininity, through the woman, you know? And so it, it kind of makes it really hard for when recovery starts to happen, Kobe, you, you said it perfectly. What real recovery is, is knowing who you are and knowing yourself independent of trying to get it from a woman. 
or through sex. And what's fascinating about it is, uh, you know, there's these paradoxes everywhere in recovery. When you detach from your partner, that's when you can create connection, right? Um, so when you detach- A thousand percent. Your, yeah. You guys get that. A lot of people won't understand what I just said. Yeah, you guys I totally understand what I just said. Yeah. Explain. Because <laughs> they're probably thinking disconnect, like, but it's detachment. Yeah. When you, when you detach all of your need to, to consume them and use them for your okayness and your self-worth, you, you detach all of that and you find that elsewhere. You, you gain an understanding of that some other way then you're good to go because you can be boundaried um, in a healthy way and you can create all kinds of deep, real trust, safety, and intimacy in that relationship. Because that gives your partner an opportunity to know who you really are and to develop the way that they see you, to develop the way that they attach to you, to develop the way that, that they understand the actual you rather than the compliant you. And I think for me, that was just, that was, you totally spoke, you shared without speaking detail, you shared who I was because as soon as, as soon as Ashlyn and I were engaged, I was done playing football. Um, as soon as we got married, Ashlyn promptly told me, okay, I'm not actually going to, like, we're not going to be, <laughs> we're not, we're not going to be a teacher. We're not going to be a principal because that's not what I want. And I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll just give that up for you. And that was just us and our youth as much as anything. Right. Um, but, but I was but, like, but, but, but by the way, that's not Ashlyn's fault. No, oh, right? a thousand percent, yeah. a thousand, a thousand percent. That's, that's, I but, mean, but to you in that moment, you, you, you just gave in. You it just was like, okay, I guess I'll figure something else out because <laughs> Ashlyn doesn't like it. So for me, you're doing the was, Jim Gaffigan voice. I like it. I was. <laughs> oh my gosh, I totally was. That's hilarious. <laughs> Ellie listens to him every night before she falls yeah. asleep. But that was, um, in fact, even when I studied in school, PR, I studied PR and interpersonal communications because Ashlyn's friend was like, Oh my gosh, Ashlyn, Kobe would be so good at PR. Have him just do this. And and she just kind of here's what it is, basically. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I'll just do that. And and so the so I I I didn't know that I needed to know who I was. Yes. I didn't know that I needed to um, have my own identity. All I was hung up on, literally hung up on, was this idea of I've gotta be the quote unquote good husband. I've got to be the good provider. I've got to be the good partner who um, Ashlyn will love. Okay. Here's my question that I had for you, Kobe. This fits right perfectly here. When you got to be this good partner um, and, and you're not becoming a teacher and you're, you're going into PR because she wants you to, and what are the consequences of that? What what does it start to do to you? And 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 what does it start to do in terms of your your view of your partner? Well, I, I lose I lose track. Like the like the the lights go out more and more on my on me being able to see my own identity. The further down someone else's road I go. Oh, that's a good point, Kobe. So like the that. more you get lost and lost more in the identity that everybody else is giving to you. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and so it's harder for me to come back to who I actually am because I can't even see it. So I think it's really it's really as much as a uh, it's as much a visual thing as anything whereas like I really like I I I didn't understand internally who I was, mm -hmm. but moreover the only thing that was around me were the things that came because of what Ashland wanted me to be. I yeah. couldn't see that there was an option for me to have my own me. Yeah. To have my own identity. It was just like, this is, this is what it is. Yeah. And, um, and so that's one of the byproducts of it. That's, that's one of the things that's, that's really challenging about it is you just don't know it. You just become farther and farther from your own truth. When, uh, here's a question for you. So you're seeking validation and worth from her and, and complying and, totally. and not having boundaries. From her, from God, from church, from, yeah. Does that make you uh, hate her in a way? Or resent, resent her? Resent, yeah. <laughs> like just really not like her? For sure. There there was, and that's that's a really great and searching question because I I really saw in in moments of frustration and anger um my dad have resentments big raging resentments towards my mom yeah and um and i just looking back now it's like i didn't realize that was the case but that was that was totally me too where it was like i would resent you know this aspect or this aspect of my relationship with ashton because i was being compelled to do the thing or do some things that i didn't necessarily want to do yeah but I still did them anyways. And well, of course, when I'm not boundaried and saying, actually, this is where I stop and this is where you start. So I'm not going to do that. I never existed at all. Right. And that's why resentments just raged yep. from within me because I resented the fact that I didn't know that I was, I was doing her, but I had zero clue who I was. Yep. Yeah. So a part of that, I, I hope you guys heard was if you have resentments right now, slow down. That's where boundaries are not had, right? That's where yep. you're, where you're letting that person take over. And there's the feeling of like, I don't have control over who I am and what, how I'm showing up. So, um, Ashlyn, I, I got to drive that home. What you just said, if you have resentments, um, then what you're, you might be sitting back thinking is they suck. Yeah. Like they're, they're hurting me. I got to comply. No, no, no. If you have resentments, then you're lacking the fortitude and the strength to be a, an honest, boundaried person in that relationship. And so instead of sitting back in resentment, work on yourself, love yourself enough so that you can show up honest with that person. Here, so, here. Yes. And I will say this. Um, we talked about energy for a second. I didn't finish my point. I got off track. Um, Kobe showed up differently with his energy, with his posture, it was like, oh, I remember telling you last year, like, Kobe, this is what I always saw you as is like, I'm here and I'm standing in my own secure place. I'm not leaning into you. I'm not leaning into someone else. I'm here. Yes. And this is who I am. And you continue to show up in that energy and, and posture. And it's not this angry and mean. It started that way. I won't lie. Um, <laughs> Guys, it totally did. <laughs> it was a lot of like, this is who I am. Um, <laughs> I just flipped everyone off. Um, that was telling me too. Yeah. But that's where it started. And that's not where it's continued. Because it, 
you know, it required me also saying, Hey, I can accept that this is your truth. And I am doing my own stuff to make sure that I can stay in my truth, but this, this doesn't work. Right. 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 And well, that's think, the beauty oh, of ahead. it. Sorry, Brandon, but that's the beauty of, of this. And this is what, this is what I'm hoping that all of you who are listening can understand that things can be. Now, Ashley and I are not there. We are definitely still on our journey with this, but what this is, is it's this beautiful dance of Ashlyn and I being two separate individuals, very different people and sharing such an intimate relationship without compromising our own identity. Yes. Without I, compromising any part of who we are. That's Kobe. I just want to say, and, and uh, you know, when we started the podcast, I don't know, three years ago, almost four years almost ago, four. a long yeah. time ago. That's like all of high school for me. Four years. Wow. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> but, but when we started the podcast four years ago, um, uh, I've seen you guys make major shifts in this area. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe when we started the podcast, it was like, yeah, we're so like, we got some sobriety going. There's some trust being built and stuff. But I've seen you guys accelerate in terms of intimacy, um, trust, connection um, on this one principle. And, and it was, Kobe, when you when you did realize, oh my gosh, like I'm resentful toward Ashlyn because I'm unboundaried and I'm not being honest with her. Um, and then, and then actually having the courage, and this is where Kobe's awesome, having the courage to actually start to step into that discomfort of being an authentic, boundaried, honest man. And I've seen massive shifts for you guys since then. So, and, and massive means hard and scary. (laughs) Yeah. But good good outcomes, right? It it always is. And it always makes me laugh when Kobe would come up and, and show him like, this is, I'm scared to tell you that this is my truth. And some of the first ones they were like, Oh, this is scary. Cause it, he made it feel scary. Right. And then a because lot of them, I was knowing like, who I was, was scary. Yeah. Right. At first a lot it was of it, really scary. A lot of it. I was like, well, okay, cool. That's who you are. Well, like, thanks it, for sharing what, that. <laughs> yes. And it wasn't this like, Oh, now I don't love you, which is what he had built up in his yeah, head that he needed yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Brandon, those are very kind words and I'm grateful that you shared that. And it has been, man, for so many reasons, I I totally know that place that I was in when we first started in Lucy's room on the ironing board, speaking into a snowball against some curtains that were <laughs> doors <laughs> for her closet. And I, I totally know, um, I just know that place of compliance. And I know looking back, that I was really good at paying attention to what other people wanted from me. And I was clueless as to what I needed and wanted from me. And um, it's painful and my road has been painful and you've seen that Brandon. (laughs) And I know that Ashlyn has experienced that and, and it's been so hard. But if you think about this, the way that I sort through the hard parts of this, of me finding out who I am and having my voice and being okay with it is making up for decades of not knowing who it is. So whenever you compress timeframes on something as foundational as your own identity and your own voice, it will be dreadfully hard yes. and, 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 and devastatingly uncomfortable. And sometimes that, unco- that discomfort is a sustained season to be in. And we've had plenty of those, For sure. but despite getting, despite having to address all those things, 
Ashlyn has stood by me because she has learned to love me for who I am because I put effort into trying to figure it out. Right. Yeah. You're here, Ashlyn. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're right there with you guys. We're, we're figuring out, out who we are as we go. And I will tell you this, I hope this wasn't discouraging to hear all of this um, because it is a hard path to figure out who the heck you are, but it's also one of the most powerful paths to step into and to really figure out who cares if you're 40 or 50 or 20 and to say, you know what, this is who I am. And I'm starting to feel at peace with who I am and with my past. I'm not ashamed of, you know, the path I may have taken to get here. It, it is what it is. And Kobe and I may have taken a longer path to find ourselves and our own healing than some of you listening. And I'm okay with that. Um, am I jealous of some of you? Yes, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> um, uh, one last thought. Um, you know, you cannot build trust. You cannot rebuild trust. I know a lot of people listen, want to rebuild trust in their relationship. You cannot do it without honesty. Um, compliance won't get you there. It will never, ever get you there. Honesty will. Sometimes honesty is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so learning how to be honest um, is, the, is the way to rebuild trust. And by the way, you guys, the title of this episode was, you know, does the addict deserve a voice? Um, the addict needs to, needs to have a voice in order to be an integrous person in the relationship. And, um, and the partner also deserves a voice. And both partners together having a voice, that's where, where a healthy relationship it, it lives. So yes. thanks for you guys have Thank a great you. day. Thanks for being here, guys. Peace out.